You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, everyone. I'm coming to you on Saturday this weekend just because that's the way the uh, week has fallen for me. But what has also fallen today is some nice rain. We really need this here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. We've had a summer of drought. Every time something comes, it goes by us. (laughs) And so we are grateful for a morning rain like this today. So good to be with you on this weekend. I hope that wherever you are, if you're listening to this, this is a good time of worship for you as well as renewal. We are in the 49th chapter of Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking. This chapter happens to be called The Spirit of Holiness. And when we talk about holiness today, it's going to be around the context of heaven and the gifts God gives to us, not just as the children of God or baptized people, but as God's creations, everybody in this world and creation. Today, I am also celebrating one of my children's engagement last night my middle child and her and her now fiance uh, became engaged last night and it's just a wonderful thing we love him he's a terrific fellow and we look forward to all that is to come so i'm just sharing this with you only because i'm sharing joy just like we share joy with each other once in a while Today we are going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, a famous passage or, or, or chapter of the Bible that we often hear at funerals, and, and rightly so. And so today, beyond the verses 1 to 6 portion that we hear so often, we're going to be reading verses 15 through 18 and then 25 through 27 in John chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to chapter 14 of the Gospel of John, verses 15 to 18, 25 to 27. These are Jesus' words to those who are listening to him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you also will live. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to say a couple of things briefly here, and then I want to tell you a little joke and a story as well. But I'm going to focus on the word orphan. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus says. And then I also want you to hear this phrase, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then this important phrase, I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Jesus there, I believe, is saying everything in this life is built and based on conditions. If you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Jesus says, I don't give to you in that way. I give to you freely. I give to you from my heart. I give to you without condition. This is called grace. It's the, it's the, it's the nut. It's the crux of the cross. It's the center and target of, Jesus, of who Jesus is for, for us and for the whole world. That everything that comes to the world through Jesus, whether you believe in him or not, is a gift, a pure gift. That gift comes out in his promise, I will not leave you orphaned. And then he also says, I will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Forever. (laughs) That's without condition. That's limitless. It's a pure gift. Okay, so the joke is this. You know Oli. Oli went to the bank one day to cash a check, and it was back in the day when there was a cage of metal bars between the customer and the teller. And so he went to the teller, and he slid his check under the the cage, and he said, I want cash for this check, please. And the teller turned it over and looked at it and noticed he didn't endorse it. And so she sent it back to him, and she said, Oli, I need you to sign the back of this check with your name. And he said, I don't sign a ting. And he slid it back under the cage to her. And this went back and forth three different times. And finally, the teller said to Oli, Oli, unless you sign that check, I will not give you any cash. And he grabbed the check, and he stormed out of the front of the building and he walked across the street to the competitive bank the competitor bank that was there in that town and he walked in and he went right up to the cage and the teller and he slid the check underneath the cage and he said i'd like cash for this check please and the teller turned it over and noticed it wasn't endorsed and so she slid it back to him and she said "Oli, i need you to sign the back of this check so i can get you your cash and he looked at her and he said i don't sign a ting and he slid it back under the cage she slid it right back to him and she said "Oli, endorse it or you won't get any cash he slid it right back to her and he said i don't sign a ting and this went on a third time back and forth and after he didn't sign the check on the third time she reached through the cage and grabbed Oli by the ears and she banged his head on the cage three or four times the check was sitting there and at that point Oli took a pen endorsed the check slid it under the cage and got his cash from the teller he was so proud that he got his cash that he walked back to his bank walked in the front door and waved this fistful of cash toward the teller to show her that he had gotten his cash. And she said to him, Oli, didn't they make you sign your check over there just like every other bank does? And he said, yes, they did, but they explained it to me over there. (laughs) Oh, I'm not suggesting that we need to have our heads banged against a cage or a wall or anything like that. But what I'm asking you to do today is to consider thinking about things related to death and dying in heaven. Things like heaven and hell, just the two options that we always think of. Or reward and punishment. Or glory and torture. Those those dualisms. I'm asking you to think beyond those today because I believe that Jesus tells us of something much better 
much more fruitful, much more holy than that in the passages, not just today, but all over in the Bible. I want you to think differently today. I want to invite you to do that, to go beyond where we have traditionally gone when it comes to thinking about whether or not heaven will be for us or whether hell will be for us or other people. Here's the story. I've told this before in church, so maybe you recognize it, but for many, it'll be a first hearing. When I was a kid, the Minnesota Vikings went to one of their failed Super Bowls, one of their four failed Super Bowls. And back in that day, Fran Tarkenton was my hero. He was the quarterback for the Vikes. And on the night before the Vikings would play the Pittsburgh Steelers and end up losing, of course, Fran Tarkenton was the invited guest on a special episode of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, The Johnny Carson Show. And I begged and begged and begged and begged my dad. This was a Saturday night, the night before. I begged my dad to let me stay up to watch that show. Well, it wouldn't have come on until 10.30. It would have been at least 11 o'clock before I got to bed. We always went to bed early on Saturday nights because we had Sunday church services in the morning. I must have begged enough that I wore my dad down. <laughs> and he finally said yes on one condition that from that point forward, which was right before dinner time, everything would go well. I think I was a little bit of a Dennis the Menace kind of a kid, kind of busy. Not getting into big trouble, but, you know, just busy. And so I agreed. And at some point during supper, I think I must have said something about my mom's cooking. And that was the final straw for my dad. He said, Andrew Richard Smith, you go down to your room right now. This is, that's it for the night. No Johnny Carson show. And I was so mad and sad that I got up from the table and I stomped as hard as I could down the hall. I went to my room, which was not all that far from the dining room, the kitchen, and I slammed my door as hard as I could. Glad it didn't wreck it. And I flopped on my bed, and I just cried and wailed, both for effect, I suppose, as kids do, but also out of sheer sadness because I had had my moment there in front of me, and I blew it. But, you know, my dad was the cause of the pain. <laughs> and so I ended up crying myself to sleep that night. I learned later that my dad had come down to, you know, wake me, let me come out because he felt bad, but I was sleeping, so he didn't, he didn't uh, break into the sleep. But fact is, the next morning came, and I heard my dad walk down the hallway. He was a pastor, got up very early for church. I think he was usually over there by 5 or 5.30, and so here it was about 5 o'clock, I suppose. And I heard him go by my room to go down to the kitchen for breakfast. And so I tiptoed out of my room, and I saw him down the long, narrow hallway saw his silhouette in the kitchen. He was standing there eating a piece of cake <laughs> for breakfast. But I tiptoed down to the kitchen because I was going to lay into my dad like I had never before. The anger was still there through the night. And I couldn't shake it. I, I was just, as a kid, immature, but I was mad. Felt like I deserved to be able to stay up. And I walked into the kitchen, and in just a split second, in just a moment... There I was facing my dad, and he turned around and looked at me. And again, just in this split second, what he did next 
changed my world, I think. And I think it changes my world and our world today as well. He opened up his arms and he brought me into the biggest bear hug he ever brought me into. And his only words were, I love you, Andy. And it was over. The anger just immediately was gone. What could I say to that? If I was smart, (laughs) what could I say to, I love you, Andy, the overarching everything? He didn't say to me, Andy, what on earth were you thinking last night? You should never have done that. I told you so. He never said anything like that to me, which would have kept the thing going. He said to me and looked me in the eyes and brought me into the bear hug. He said to me, I love you, Andy. And I was restored. I was restored. Probably he was restored also. So here's where I want you to think beyond where you have thought about things like heaven. What happens after people die? Are there options? Is God going to send some up and some down? I want you to think differently about this. I believe that God is fully about restoration of all people in all of the world, all of creation. I believe the Bible is very clear about things like this. Jesus says, today, I will give you another advocate to be with you forever, an advocate, somebody who stands by our side, and not just us, but everybody, everybody who stands by our side and is our voice when we don't have a voice anymore, or is the one who speaks for us and on our behalf when we don't have anything to commend ourselves with, who comes before God as God and speaks for us, And then he also said, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. I believe God is the God of all restoration for all people, particularly after we die. God comes to us. And when God comes to us, God brings God's holiness to us. This is what we call heaven. Even in Revelation 21 and 22, the last two chapters of the Bible, the whole Bible resolves with heaven coming down to earth and God bringing and restoring the most beautiful creation, cities with streets paved with gold. That's not literal. That just means that what God will do with the creation is beyond our imagination. It's that good. And trees with leaves for the healing of the nation. This is all about restoration, restoring people, restoring the world, restoring creation to what God originally intended it to be, like Eden, perfect, beautiful, holy, not destroyed, not divided, not sin-filled, not hellish. Why would God send people to hell? Is God not bigger than this? Isn't there something in every person whom God has created, even just a kernel or a nut of created goodness in that that person is a 
creation of God that God wants to keep and save and restore? Doesn't God in Jesus Christ die for the whole world? Gave his only son out of love so that the whole world might be saved, the Bible says. Not just those who believe in him. Not just those who've said the right formula. I place my faith in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Some people follow a particular formula and think that everybody else has to as well. I don't think so. God is the restorer. God is the one who doesn't leave anybody orphaned. I will never leave you orphaned. It doesn't matter who you are. I will come and I will seek you out and I will rescue you. Have you heard the story of the one lost sheep who the shepherd goes far and wide to find, searching until that little sheep, that little scared lost sheep is found. And the shepherd gathers up the sheep and puts it into his or her arms and brings it back into the whole fold and flock and everybody is there. It's whole again. It's complete again. I think that's a story of heaven. But it's also a story of now. It's also a story of the way God continues to work to restore us through the ways that we restore each other. We are in this life not to be people of revenge or judgmentalism. Who are we to do that? We are people in this life who are to be people of God's goodness, of grace, of an unconditional gift and calling to do the work of God, the way that God does things in the world. Forgiveness, restoration, healing, opening your arms and pulling someone into a giant bear hug and saying, I love you, which restores people. The work of heaven begins now, (laughs) and then God completes it after we die. Martin Luther said at one point, I think dying will be like falling asleep and waking up in the arms of my Lord. Those are the arms of restoration, of healing, of unconditional love, of having an eternal advocate who is with us forever, of never leaving us orphaned, God coming to us, of having God's peace left with us so that we realize that God does not give as the world gives. God gives unconditionally. I think this is our greatest hope, folks. I think our greatest hope is that this is who God is, that God will look at every single person, burn away the chaff of our lives, the stuff that doesn't matter, the stuff that was superficial, the sin, just to burn it all away and to work with what's left, to go to work on what's left of us. And if nothing else, what is left of us is that we are creatures of the Creator. We are people who have been created by the Holy God of the universe. We and every other human being and the rest of creation. God loves you eternally and unconditionally, dear friends just as God loves everybody eternally and unconditionally. Only God can be this big because God is holy. And so we come to God today so humbly. 
with the greatest of thanks in our hearts. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.